Welcome to the Just What I Needed to Hear podcast with Yoga Farm Ithaca, where we teach you how to live the principles of yoga both on your mat and off the mat in the living curriculum of your precious life. So two organizations that you want to look into, and not necessarily to because you need another certification in something, because you don't. You absolutely do not, and you're totally equipped to show up. There is uh, an organization. Ah, okay. So there's an organization called uh, Holistic Life Foundation. And these are men who started this project is actually their thesis project when they were in school, um, in college, where they created this like after school wellness, mindfulness meditation, yoga movement, all of that stuff at an inner city schools in um, Baltimore and the DC area. And they are just incredible. And the resources that they have out there are, are wonderful. So check out their website. They have some tips and tricks around working with school districts. The other is mindful schools. So I can tell you <clears throat> that uh, I did the mindful schools training. I went through their, uh, their curriculum. Um, it's good. It's pretty good. It's definitely better if you're looking to operate at the elementary school level than the high school level. So what I did was I adapted those mindful schools lessons to a secondary grade level secondary ed. I mean, really sixth grade through 12th grade, because I was going into a lot of middle schools at the time. And middle schoolers have no chill around like anything that's remotely cheesy. Like they're just not going to have it. So I, some of those, those lessons had to be revamped to be applicable at the high school level. There is this, um, There is this false belief that what children are learning in high school is like going to make or break the rest of their damn lives. And the seriousness that gets invoked at that high school level is uh, something that for me personally was, was a hurdle to get through. And as somebody who taught high school, you know, I got to subversively do whatever I wanted in my own classroom and yet doing things at a bigger level, uh, the, the teachers themselves were rallying back with, we don't have time for this. Like we have curriculum to get through. We don't have time for this. We don't have time for this. We don't have time for this. So what has worked in other school districts are things like clubs. Um, I started a yoga and meditation club at Ithaca High School, and um, we started it at the level of uh, once a week after school, you know, people could pop in if they had a particularly rough day at school, you didn't have to sign up, you didn't have to officially be in the club, we did yoga, we did breathing practices, we would talk about navigating the day and the present moment and whatever was happening at hand, Um. And what, what we found with that was actually students have a lot of shit going on after school, 
a lot. Do they have an early bus? Are students able to come in prior to the start of the school day? That would be a more optimal time to offer something like a yoga and meditation and mindfulness club. Um, And it enables these lessons to be taught and these lessons to be offered in a way that isn't taking away from curriculum time uh, and isn't taking away from sports, which is often much more valued than these kind of scenarios as well. Uh, I had Ithaca High School very close to saying yes to a mindfulness room a room that rather than students going into in-school suspension or the vice principal's office or whatever, this would be like a respite space to come in and check in. Um, And they ultimately didn't follow through with it. And there were so many meetings, like all the, like all the counselors were on board. The sports staff was on board. The superintendent seemed to think it was a great idea. And it just fell flat because what they run into is how do they pay somebody to staff that room? Who are the people who are qualified? Um, and then how do they fit in the payroll? You know, and a lot of districts are struggling with not having enough regular teachers, let alone adding in more, uh, you know, kind of adjuncty type of teachers. So I go back to saying that, you know, a before school program or even a before school and after school program is a different way to approach it. Uh, It also gets to be an opt in. Um, And unfortunately, that will mean that some students just don't show up for it. And often those are the students that could probably benefit from it the most. Uh, And that's not always true. You know, like the A student, the A personality students who who behave like they're checking all the boxes and have their shit together uh, are very often the students that are losing their minds internally and will show up to this. Um, Over time, I stepped back and the students kept it going. So the students created a club that is part of a branch that is bigger called um, Active Minds, maybe... think it might be called Active Minds. So Active Minds is a subset of a national nonprofit that focuses on mental health in schools. So they're also another place for extraordinary resources. And if you say, if you come into a, into a school building and you say, I want to offer a yoga and mindfulness club, there can be a uh, some really tricky pushback. What do you mean yoga? Are you teaching them to be Hindu? I've heard all of that, you know, pushback from small, predominantly Christian Catholic communities. Um, and, and that was in Vermont, which we all assume is very, very progressive. And I, and I got pushback there too. So having a national nonprofit adolescent mental health organization like Active Minds and then saying, oh, I actually want to do an active minds club. I want to start a chapter of an active minds club at my child's school. How do I go about this? And and then the other thing is the power of the PTA. If you can get the PTA on board and the PTA to do some funding because they'll buy the bolsters, blankets, yoga mats, 
salt lamps. Like they, they will throw their uh, budget at something at a project like this. And then, and they tend to have a pretty um, powerful pull uh, because they're, their parents and their teachers. Um, and they have a, a different level of interest or commitment to a school district. So getting those, you know, those PTA ladies and, and gentlemen and, uh, their energy on board is significantly helpful. <clears throat> um, ultimately, oh yeah, holistic life. Um, ultimately though, <clears throat> another hurdle that comes up is you can, you can get buy-in from the students. They will come, they will show up, they will feel better, so they will tell their friends, more people will show up. And, uh, and eventually, without fail, they will come to you and say, it's really hard to maintain my grounding and, or if they use that language, or they'll say, like, it's really hard for me to stay uh, neutral and not freak out or not be activated um, and reactive when my teachers are. They will, like, it, it, eventually it comes to that. And so, <clears throat> you know, this is where there are sometimes opportunities for teachers to also get to ex be exposed to these lessons, these uh, habits, these, these ways of being that are different than maybe they have been conditioned up to this point. And it's a hard sell, love. I'm not, I, I mean, we've been doing this for many, many years and we sometimes jump to that place of like, oh, if the, if only the administration would get on board. <laughs> and often there, there's a rub there as well because teachers are tired of being told what to do by administration. And they're, they're tired of being told that they have yet another thing to add to their plate. So um, it is, an incredibly uh, enriching experience to go down this path and to get to offer these things in school districts. Like, don't get me wrong, I love it. I, I still do it when I'm invited to do it. Uh, we still work with organizations, school districts at a bigger level, Dryden, Newfield. Um, and it is hard to change a culture of a place. And so it's best to just simply give students the tools to understand that this too is temporary, that this is temporary, that, that we can be in the discomfort of an organization or an institution that we don't love and we can still thrive as long as we stay really connected to who we really are and, um, and to give them the gifts of these practices so that they don't uh, get reactive, say something that's going to get them in trouble, start a whole loop of, of that nonsense and power struggling that goes on within school districts. Um, and I think that uh, it's, it's, it's important work. So even when you hit those roadblocks or these hurdles, or it seems like 
you've started to get through with some to some of the students, but it's not quite working with uh, faculty and staff, or there seems to be naysayers. You just got to chalk it up that there's balance in everything. Where there where there is darkness, there is light. There there just will always be that polarity play. Um, and you get to keep showing up to do the work. It's 100% engagement and 100% non-attachment to any kind of outcome that like you're going to massively change the energy of a school district and just get to be with one student at a time. And to this day, love, like I, I've been in gymnasiums with 36 graders, 66 graders, and they're rolling their eyes. They're like, this hippie lady is coming in here telling us weird stuff. And then years later, I get a random message on Facebook that's like, you're the mindfulness lady and you taught me this thing and I used it when I had to go have surgery for blah, blah, blah. And I don't even know who that student is. So it, we don't know the seeds that we plant and it is 100% worthwhile work to do. And it is not easy. You know, it's, it is definitely... Uh, baby steps. And another thing, I mean, if you really want to be involved as much as possible, substitute teach. You can substitute teach with a bachelor's degree. It doesn't matter what your bachelor's degree is in at all. Um, They don't care. (laughs) They literally need substitute teachers. Uh, And when you're a substitute teacher, there's no expectations of you. In fact, they don't actually want you teaching their curriculum. So they're like, give them this piece of paper and have them do the thing. And so you can completely go in as a substitute and teach them mindfulness and do some yoga. And if the teachers come back and they're like, we didn't do anything yesterday, but yoga, the teachers are like, well, that figures. And who cares? Because you didn't throw desks around the room or, you know, go get pregnant in the woods. So we're good, right? Like, um, I think that, that is a lovely way. Um, substitute teaching is is pretty good pay. It's not something to sneeze at. And, you know, you can go in and have like a lot of freedom and fun with the students. And they will get to the point where they're like, oh, this is the sub that like helps me chill out because I come in from the hallway and we don't jump into a lesson. We do this like calming, grounding breath practice first. And, uh, and then we maybe do the next thing, but it the students will appreciate that presence. Uh, and, and that feels really good. Do it. Just do it.